Welcome to the Real Talk podcast. Don't you think we sound like farmers? We do. Well, now I do. (laughs) Do you find your chihuahuas more like a cat? Roll over, pick my laptop up, start work, finish work, put my laptop back down, turn Netflix back on. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Real Talk podcast. This is episode four. I am your host, Phil. And in this episode, I was lucky enough to be joined by Holly from our Sheffield office. Holly shares with us her story of moving from Derby to Sheffield. Lots of stuff in between. She mentions her love for our dogs, her love for our family and what it's like living in Sheffield. Welcome to episode four of the Real Talk with ECO podcast. Today we're fortunate enough to be joined by Holly from Sheffield. Holly, how are you doing? I'm brilliant, thank you. How are you? Oh, I will be. I'm, I'm better now that we're getting the uh, the technical gremlins out of the way because it was <laughs> starting to get on my nerves, but never mind. Um, so yeah, so obviously the, the the business itself is split into two sites. We've got Bolden up in the northeast, and then we've got Sheffield down in South Yorkshire. Um, I'm very keen for people up here in the northeast to, to get to know you, to get to know Sheffield a little bit better. Uh, cool. Yeah. So um, I joined EC just over a year ago. Um, I came into the business just looking for kind of like a new challenge. I was wanting to progress in compliance um, and then was obviously offered the position of compliance manager for Sheffield. Yeah. Um, since then, it's kind of just when I came in, we had one campaign and it was all happy days. And now we've grown to the point where we're about four times the headcount. Nice. And triple, tripled campaigns. So, <laughs> yeah, it's changed a fair bit, but it's it's been nice to kind of see it grow. Um, it's just kind of meant that I've got busier and busier and busier. <laughs> With each new campaign comes a brand new headache. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Aye. So again, like sort of, I think very much from what I've seen anyway and what I've heard is very much like the northeast Sheffield and the Yorkshire area in general does seem to have like a really. Um, certainly the accent as well c- kind of lends itself to a, a really, really good customer experience, whether it's sales or customer service or whatever. Yeah, I don't know uh, why people warm to it so much, because don't you think we sound like farmers? <laughs> <laughs> well, now I do. <laughs> now I completely do now. Um, no, do you know what it is? Like My personal view on it is that like it's because it's it's nice for people that don't normally get to hear the northern accent whatever that's manchester newcastle sheffield you know leeds yeah. whatever um i think it's just something that people don't hear a lot of so it's nice to hear when the phone goes and someone rings and they're from sheffield or sunland or, or whatever um obviously being based up in the northeast i've got uh, you know i know a lot about the northeast and but for somebody who has never been to sheffield like what would you say sheffield's got going for itself like what's the sort of the best thing you say about about sheffield well, to be fair, I'm not actually from Sheffield, so I'm from more Derby way. Oh, I like um, it. I know, yeah. So since I've I've moved up here kind of thing, I like the fact that there's so many bars. Um, it's got a massive kind of social element to it. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so friendly and everyone's just here for a good time, which is, which is good. Um, I've not managed to see it in full swing yet just because I've been here through lockdown and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still not back to normal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's good nightlife. Um, everyone's smiling, everyone's happy, and that's what I like. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's good. You, you mentioned there, obviously, sort of lockdown and what, how have you personally found all of this? I mean, this has obviously been like an unprecedented year for everyone. Nobody could have seen this coming. Like, what, how have you found it all? Um, being honest, 
to start with, I was like, oh, happy days, that's it. I can wear my pyjamas all day, don't have to move out of bed, <laughs> roll over, pick my laptop up, start work, finish work, put my laptop back down, turn Netflix back on. <laughs> uh, it was very much like that at the start. And then, do you know, as the weeks kind of turned into months, I was like, right, okay, I am starting to struggle a bit now. Okay. Just because there was kind of like no start and end to the week, was that it was kind yeah. of just all just the same it was hard to keep motivation going and stuff like that and I think as a business we warmed really well to it and made it work which is a a very positive sort of factor um we are quite a family unit as you know and yeah I think it's nice that even when things don't go as planned we all pull together and try and make it work and then now we can look back and think oh god can you remember can you remember two months ago when we couldn't leave the house (laughs) (laughs) So, so what? Obviously, you mentioned there at the start, it was sort of it was quite novel, and then as it sort of progressed and didn't get any better, like what kind of things did you put in place to sort of to make that distinction between home and work? Well, I forced myself to get out of my pajamas to start with. <laughs> <laughs> that was a struggle, but I was like, hold on a minute, this this is no good. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'd wait, I'd wake up at a reasonable time. I'd put my pajamas. Um, I'd put well, I'd even put new pajamas on or comfy clothes, but I still got changed either yeah. way. Um, yeah, I'd, and then I'd get up and I'd make an effort, put some makeup on, and then I'd I'd, I'd say move rooms and then start work again. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. just constantly in the same room, in the same clothes, not brush my teeth. It was just, I think it was just kind of getting the motivation back there to yeah. think, yeah, do you know what? Like, if this is going to be a long-term thing, I need to kind of change a few things that I'm doing to make it work. Yeah. I mean, the again, sort of... Talking about the, the divide between sort of us up here and, and you guys down there. Like up here, like obviously you've you've probably seen on the news like how bad it is getting up here now. Like how do you, are you finding that people are genuine generally sort of playing by the rules and following guidelines down there or is it like everywhere where there's going to be people that do and people that don't? Yeah, I think it's it's kind of the same everywhere, to be fair. I mean, I know you guys have gone back into a local lockdown, have you yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're not quite there yet, to be honest. And I think, yeah, people are, people are wearing masks when they go out and people are trying to keep the distance. And I think it's it's going to be the same wherever you are. Some people are going to be following them. Some yeah. people some people won't be following the rules because they don't necessarily. It, it's not that it's not playing on the on the minds that much. Um, yeah. I think the people that are struggling with it are probably like the older people. Do you know that are genuinely scared, and you can tell that they're scared. I mean, I went into the me- yeah. na- nail bar the other day, um, and an, an elderly lady came in. She was probably sixty, and right. she sat down with a mask on, and she just said, "Can I sign up to your track and trace, please?" And I thought, do you know me as a young person? I wouldn't even think to say that. So it, yeah. it kind of like it did hit home a bit. That I thought, yeah, do you know what? Older people probably are scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, th- I think uh, again, I th- you know, I've had quite a few conversations pretty much like everyone else has about this and how different people are, are reacting. And I think for us personally, I mean, you know, I'm 33. I've been doing things a certain way since I've had a bit of freedom since I was sort of like 12, 13. So I've had to undo maybe 15 years worth of, of habits of, you know, just being able to walk in somewhere and not think about, you know, how close I'm standing to the person or people around us and, touching things and whereas these elderly people not to mention the fact that they've probably got a lot of health conditions that are yeah. you know make them high risk but they have had 50 60 sometimes 70 years of habits yeah to undo and to learn new ways of doing things i mean that 
I mean, that's like, that's just anxiety central. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like, a hundred percent. And then, I, but then I kind of also think from the same perspective, if they've been doing that for 70 years and they can change it, then do you know us young people? Ex- we yeah. definitely can. No, do you know what it is? You've got a good point there. I, I've, I've never thought of it from that perspective. And I suppose, in a way, they're putting us to shame. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I struggle because I'm a hugger. That's just yeah. what I am a hugger. And I'm a very, if someone's sad, I like to give them a cuddle and a squeeze and stuff like that. And I think that's what I've struggled with a lot. Um, yeah. But you kind of just learn how to comfort people in different ways, don't you? I suppose yeah. go and get them a coffee or something like that. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hugger. But when it came to me kids and obviously the, the going, them going back to school, like that, honestly, like me and my wife sort of agonised over probably two or three weeks. Do you send of, them do back? A, do we send them? Do we not? And like, bless them, they've done so well. But I, honestly, I treat them like lepers. Yeah. <laughs> the first day that they came home, I was like, "Don't touch us! Don't touch us! Just, just put your put your uniform in the wash, yeah. upstairs and get in the shower." You know. So, as you say, people are going to react differently. But it's nice to know that there are still people out there that are are following the guidelines and that when you say there about that, that lady who came in and wanted to sign the track and trace, like that's the first time I've heard anyone like talk yeah. about that. Like, I think there's so much out there about all oh, the government's trying to steal our data and the, all this stuff about, you know, yeah. trying to track with this app. Like, and it, it does get you thinking and you think like, do I do it? Do I not? But like, it's just one of those things that's that you're just going to have to, like it, just do it 100 you know, like... percent. and we're not just doing it for ourselves are we? we're doing it for like your grandma your mom your dad stuff like that i mean i've stayed away from my grandma for for a while now purely for the yeah. fact that we work in a call center yeah um and you know she got poorly she wouldn't actually she wouldn't be able to cope with it so i've kind yeah. of kept my distance and tomorrow will be the first time that i go and see her in months and yeah. I, I physically cannot wait to see her but in the at the same time i've got in the back of my mind all what about if you touch something and and then you yeah. go and and you go and give her a hug or anything like that? So I'm just going to keep my distance when I go there. But honestly, I think we just need to, as collectively, we need to not just think about ourselves, think about everyone else as yeah. well, and and just be considerate. Now, when you say that, I think that that is probably, in my opinion, that's probably the best piece of advice to to or to make people realise and remember that. This is, we're not just making you wear a mask because we don't want to catch it off you. We also like we want you to not spread it to other people, exactly. and, and and you also you don't want to get it from other. So people just think it's just a, a an attack on their liberties and their, their freedoms and all that stuff. Like it's it's other people. Like this isn't just you're infected. We don't want to get it from you, or you might have it. It's like well, we don't want you to get it as well. Yeah. And people just don't seem to understand that. Um, but you know, I think I think you're right. If, if people follow the guidelines and people do or are considerate to other people, then I think it'll 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 come down. You know, hopefully, pretty soon. That's but right. I think that this is going to be the the, the the new norm. Like I found when people started saying this two or three months ago, this is the new new way of life. I thought that's 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 a bit far fetched. But actually, it is. like. It is. I know, it's so strange, isn't it? I drove like, past um I drove past a restaurant the other day and I thought like there was people just stood outside and they had like a gap between them. Um yeah. the waiting area must have been full, it was actually Nando's and right. there were like just a few people stood outside with gaps between them and I thought I can remember like a year ago where you didn't have to queue to get in there. You didn't have to queue to go and yeah, do your shopping. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to remember your mask, you could literally just nip straight in and straight out. But <laughs> 
Here we yeah. are. No, enjoy it. I think again that was one, of, especially coming out of the of the original lockdown. Like it was almost like going into a new world of what do you mean I've got a queue? There's only two people in the shop, but like, the, and again I would I'd rather me have to deal with my anxieties around that and and sort of just accept that that's the way things are set up to protect everyone yeah. than you know. But I think that there are just certain people that just like that don't get it. Like even doing the school pickup now. Like the school, to their credit, have got a really good like one-way system into the school. But then you just see certain people just thinking that they either know better or that the rules don't Glad apply to them. them. Yeah. And they just go off and do their own thing. And you see all the other parents like, what are you doing? But And it's that thing of, do I say something or do I make it worse? Like, do you know what so- I mean? It's, it's, it is socially, it's such a hard thing to deal with, but... You mentioned earlier, obviously, you're from Derby. Was it Chesterfield you said um, to me? So I'm in between Chesterfield and Mansfield, yeah. Right, so you're in between the fields. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a, more of a Derbyshire girl. Right, so what sort of, what's Derby like on a night out in comparison to Sheffield? Uh, Derby's a good night out as well because you, like, a lot of cities are quite similar, aren't they? They've got good bars, yeah. stuff like that, but yeah. I'm actually from... A, a little a village um right. between kind of everywhere really and we've got we don't really have clubs um we've got we, they're just pubs we've just got right. loads of pubs and everyone just goes there and it's just this big it's it's again like a giant family like you know everyone you right. walk in you see everyone you know people by name stuff like that and I think it was quite a big transition for me do you know moving up here because yeah. it's so big and there's that many people, you don't know anyone by name. You're kind of just looking around yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've got no idea where, where, who you are or where I am. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, that's probably why. Do you remember when we first met? Like, I was asking you, like, so what's some sort of local Sheffield terms? You probably don't even know them yourself. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, that accent, like, miss, misses odd words or, or changes the odd word. And I, uh, sometimes I'm still, like, stood like Joel, my partner, he's from Sheffield, and he'll be talking sometimes. And I'm, I'm just thinking, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know we've just how they pronounce stuff? <laughs> but it's like they, they, they just take all of the vowels out of things. All right, doctor, go, go and take pub, and you're like, it just doesn't sound like it. Sound, it doesn't sound like they're just cheating and they're missing out <laughs> half the words. And no. You've almost got to like, you know, you, you imagine sort of pausing and kind of trying to like put the, the sentence together in your head while they're talking, trying to figure out what he's saying. And... But I think you just get, you get used to different accents after a while and then it starts sounding normal. But I suppose Again, to them, I still sound like the odd one out, to be fair. I'm just thinking, you know, so you, you really must have a hard time understanding people. Bear in mind, you've got, so you're from Derby, you work in Sheffield, your partner's from Sheffield, and then Nathan's from Sunland. Like... So you must just be constantly confused. What did he say? Well, do you know what, like, Nathan was trying to... You were here. Do you know when Nathan was trying to explain one phrase? What was... Uh, was it not way out? Oh, no, it was... Um, was it not... Oh, man, what was it? It was canny, wasn't it? That yeah, was the, that was the word, not why I. It was canny. It was canny. Uh, yeah, canny, is, it's like, it's so many things, you know what I mean? It's like, it's canny goods, which means really good. I'm doing canny, I'm doing good. Um, it's canny cold it's really cold you know like it's it's just it's one of those words that just you know and the, the, the progressively the more drinks you've had the more canny comes out and everything's canny um it's you know it's, but again it's like my inter and this is why i keep saying this every time we speak i, I up duck that to me like that can that's it's the same sort of thing like it can be high 
or it can be, whoa, what are you doing? Hey, yeah. Up, Duke. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that hey, up, Duke, what are you doing? Hey, up, what's going? <laughs> what's going on? But yeah, so the 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 kind of hodgepodge of, of accents that you've got, like, do you find it easier to understand people from from Sheffield, or do you find Nathan like, what's the easiest to understand? Do you think? I think I understand them all. It's just you know when like the odd words that change, like like canny and like why yeah. and stuff like that i think the first time you hear them you have no idea what it means until you ask or like yeah. um you guys say burn for like for a child don't you burn ah oh, yeah 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 burn yeah, yeah um and lewis the compliance manager up in bolden met he was coming down one day um and i said oh are you staying tonight like are you staying down here and he said oh no chenelia has got the burn and I, right. I, when he got here, I was like, oh, what, what is a burned? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a kid, Holly. I'm like, all right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks it's, for clearing uh, that up. I think because of our sort of our closeness and proximity to Scotland, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of words that I've just kind of we've given them and they've given us. And, um, but yeah, if you were to come on a night out in Newcastle, you would you would be amazed, especially come 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, the the Jordy accent becomes like almost Swahili, like it's you I th- know. I think I'd end up in one of those conversations where you, do you know, you just like laugh because you don't know what on earth's going on. <laughs> you just do that awkward laugh. <laughs> laugh. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I do. Do you get progressively more like sort of Chesterfield Mansfield when you have had a few, or do you kind of? Um, I get more like of. Uh, like I can't talk, just like I start slurring my words. <laughs> That's what I'm like when I'm drunk. I don't know about everyone else. Uh, <laughs> um, and then you, you go on nights out in other cities as well. And like as soon as they hear that you're from Newcastle, straight away you'll get three things. You'll get, do you know what deck? Can you say why I? Um, and you'll just get, Brunel. The it's, thing uh, is, though, I think Newcastle's got, it, it's the... It's probably one of the strongest accents, isn't it? And then I think Geordie Shaw came out and that oh, brought a lot that... more scope to Newcastle. No, 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 no. It didn't bring scope, it brought shame. Great, oh. great shame. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's proud of Why? Is no. that not like a good offtake of Newcastle then now? Do you know what it is, right? In part, it was. I mean, I remember watching the first series with my wife and, like, you know, Jay and, and um, Vicky Patterson and, and oh, Charlotte and stuff. Like the the word, they were generally quite good, and I think it was quite a, a good um, representation of a night out in Newcastle. But then the next series, once everyone realised how famous and how big everything had become, um, then it kind of gave a distorted view of, of of what a night out and what people from Newcastle are like. And I think the bigger they got, it just got more and more sort of like scripted, and it was just too produced, you know, like. Um, going back to what you were saying there, though, about the Geordie accent, like you would think that people would go, Oh, straight away, that's the Geordie accent. Having worked in a call centre myself for several years, I got before people arrived at, Oh, you're from Newcastle, you must be a Geordie. I got, What part of Scotland are you from? What part of Wales are you from? Are you Irish? Like, honestly, like the amount of, but people just seem to like, and I think it was the further south you go. They just think that everything north of Watford's bloody Scotland. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I do agree with you, but I don't even know where Watford is. Oh, well, Watford's <laughs> slightly north of London. Like, there's, right, a, there's this area called the Watford Gap. 
and there's a saying that anything north of the Washford Gap is New, is uh, Scotland. <laughs> like, honestly, like, it's... But, I mean, so, again, touching on sort of course letters and stuff, like, before you joined EC, what was your sort of career looking like? Where where'd you been working? Um, so, I was at a different call centre in Chesterfield, and I was looking after... I was senior compliance officer there, so yeah. what I was doing was basically just... It was just more focused on that site. It was just one campaign... Um, and it was kind of just managing a small team there. Yeah. I suppose you start out growing a role, don't you? Yeah. And it was a lovely place to work, and but I'd just kind of outgrown it, and I thought, right, okay, I'm ready for a new challenge now. So at, at that time, had you decided that you were moving to Sheffield, or was that something that came oh, as no. a result of looking for work? Yeah, that's something that came um, quite a bit after, to be fair. Right. Um, and then I just thought, yeah, I may as well just move here. So that's what I did. And sort of how quickly did you sort of settle in? Was it, did you, was, it, was this prior to you joining EC or was it sort of around the same time? Um, it was around the same time, just after I joined EC. Um, I'll be honest, it took me ages to settle in just because I was used to, my mum is my, like my best friend. Yeah, yeah. And I was used to being around her constantly. My dogs as well. I've got a Shih Tzu and a Chihuahua. Um, you hold on, hold on. You've got a Shih Tzu and a Chihuahua. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, one's called I, Nelly, I, one's called Tula. <laughs> oh man, like I mean, this isn't going to come off uh, very well for me in terms of uh, masculinity. But I've also got a Chihuahua and a Yorkshire Terrier, and I oh. swear, well, it's a Yorkshire Terrier crossed with a Shih Tzu. And people, unless you've had, unless you've had dogs, they, they're like they're like me. What? How many kids have I got? One, two, then me third and fourth children. <laughs> I think they. <laughs> I was like, hold on, how many kids have I got? Yeah, so, and, and honestly, like, do you find your chihuahua's more like a cat? She's more like a child. Really? She's just so needy, like, so needy. Even now when I walk in, it'll be, she'll look at me straight away, pick her legs up on me, and that'll be it. Mum, pick me up and don't put me down. <laughs> <laughs> do you, so, did you take, so you took the dogs with you when you moved to Sheffield? See, no, I didn't, because the apartment that we've got, it doesn't allow pets. Right, okay. Um, so, I think, as well as not being around my mum every day, like I was used to, it was also kind of going from seeing the dogs every single day to in lockdown not at all and then after like is that your dog in the background for do you know what it is that's it i'm i'm you know somebody's knocked at the door i have a house knock at the door my um, little guard dogs <laughs> do you know what it is though when when delivery drivers come to the door that they, they can hear the dogs barking like the dogs are, are so good for, for like a security point of view but like they hear someone coming down the path and they're like rah, 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 you know that's it and then now. when you see the delivery drivers and that reaction, you'd think, oh, there's a big Rottweiler or something <laughs> behind the door. And then I just picked Maria up and I'm like, look, it's only a tiny little cat-like dog. You know, but she, she's got that sort of like that small dog syndrome where she thinks that she's actually like a German Shepherd or something. That's it. Like they try and like my dogs are a nightmare. I'll take them out walking and they walk me. I'm not even oh, lying. Yeah, yeah. They're literally, they're pulling me across the field. They see another dog from about 50 yards away and that's it. See you later. Gone. Yeah, right. Are, are your dogs, they, do your dogs almost have like a, um, like a human streak to them where you just, you look at them and you go, and you know what's going on here. <laughs> like, 100%. I think that's my yeah. fault because I babied them. <laughs> <laughs> see we had we had our dogs before we had kids so like that that urge that you have to like to parent someone you know like that was like i did that with our dogs and then the kids came along kind of now the kids are at an age where they're kind of self-sufficient and 
I don't want to be around your dad. I'd rather sit and play on Fortnite or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gone back to like the dogs again, <laughs> you know. And it's just honestly, and it cost the cost a fortune. Like it's honestly like oh, 100%. the amount of beds and coats and collars and this and that. Like the bankrupt me. Honestly, the kids are fairly low maintenance in comparison. Bets bills, absolute nightmare. Oh man, how much to get a dog's teeth cleaned? Like six hundred quid. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh man. Like, if they should, this is the stuff they should tell you before you buy the dog. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, when, when we first got Nelly, she got poor though. Um, right. So she she'd clearly not had a jabs or whatever, but she was really poorly for weeks and weeks and weeks. And after I got that first vet's bill, I was like, well, uh, that's, <laughs> that's been a shock to the system. <laughs> right, so, come on, Nelly, out, get a job. <laughs> These vet bills are not going to pay themselves. And you keep on... <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like but again like for the, those who've got have got dogs and i guess to some extent cats like there's nothing that for me in terms of mental health there's nothing that helps my stress levels more than when the dogs just come and sit on your knee um, and like there's just spe- they'll spend all night there and you yeah. just and it's it has such a, a massive impact on my mood. It, it's it's magic. Yeah, and it's weird, really, isn't it? Because it does without you even realising. Like when I wake up in bed and I've got Nelly next to me, I am just instantly happy. And she'll just yeah. walk over and she'll like a little tail's wagging. I just think it's just it's mad how something so little and they don't even know what a, a positive impact they have on people, do yeah. they? And then and then Joel walks in and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and then Joel walks in and then I'm back in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> like again, someone mentioned Joel there. Like how how do you find it working with somebody that you like? You sort of do you find it difficult to have that separation between work and home, or is that quite easy for you? Oh, it's a nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Oh yeah. Um, to start with, because we worked together before we were together, it was fine. Because right. we kind of kept that line. And then I think lockdown didn't really help because we had work at home. And yeah. then obviously mine and Joel's roles do clash sometimes naturally. Um, right. So I think if we've had a bit of a to-do at work, even though we do it in a positive way because it, it's at work, when yeah. we get home, it's hard not to kind but of sp- spill over. take it home. Yeah, or if we've both had a really good day at work, we'll both be in a really good mood. But if there's been something that's gone wrong in either of our days, that's it. (laughs) And I I think that that is, that that bit's a nightmare. It is. um, But it's kind of one of those things and we we find ways around it. I I think, yeah, yeah, take me hat off to you. I mean, me me and and my wife, we worked together for a very short spell of time when we first met and it's challenging. (laughs) Never again. Like, like, no, never again. Absolutely never again. Like, do you know what I mean? But I, I take my hat off to you for, for, for being able to do that because it's one thing not taking work home, but when you're both taking the same work home, yeah. like that's like, I mean, credit to you for that. Well, look, luckily, the, the EC is it's a brilliant place to be. Do you know what I mean? Everybody, yeah. they've got there's just a, a really high morale here team morale, team spirit. Um, but obviously, like in any job role, the, you're going to get days where you're like, oh, 
Like, I've not yeah. done this, or I should have done that, or, oh, I've had a really bad day, and you're going to get the odd day like that because it's normal. But I think yeah. on those days, the way that we deal with it is, like, kind of as soon as we get into the car to go home, we have a little bit of a to-do, and then we're like, right, no, that's it. Done, works out the way. What are yeah. we having for tea? On, on, on the more pressing matters of the day, what's going down my neck tonight? <laughs> what, what, are, what are we having for me, Scran? Because I'm starving. That's uh, it. <laughs> I think you're right. I think this year has been a test for literally everyone. And I think yeah. not just at EC, but I think everyone can give themselves a pat on the back. Because I think if we've got through this, this yeah. this horrible time of the coronavirus, when we make it out of this, we can get through anything. So, no, Do you know what it is? It's quite profound that when you think about it. When you think of all the changes that we've all had to, to make, endure and to get around, like it, it puts a lot of things into perspective. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's 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 one of those things. But no, I agree, and I I think um, I'm excited to see what post COVID world looks like because Me I think too. people are going to be a lot more empathetic. They're going to be a lot more um, sort of keen to just get on with things, and hopefully we'll see a lot less negativity and a lot more positivity. So uh, yeah, I think crossed. it's forced people to kind of appreciate the things that you wouldn't usually appreciate you know just the simple things yeah. like uh, socializing seeing your family seeing your friends yeah. and I, I think that'll be a positive that comes out of that fingers crossed uh, but uh, holly i think that's a perfect place to leave it thank you so much for your time i know it's been a technical nightmare <laughs> but uh <laughs> do you know I, I could sit and speak to you all day and we should definitely do this again sometime 100%. but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it there and enjoy the rest of your day holly i'll speak to you very thanks soon. very much phil see you later take bye. care bye like to support the podcast please do so uh, if you enjoy the kind of content that we've been creating so far please give us a thumbs up on social media also leave us a review on apple podcast and on whatever audio platform that you are listening to us on it really really does make a massive difference uh, we're also this week running a competition on facebook um, for anyone that does leave a review to go on the hat to win some awesome prizes so if you head to facebook.com forward slash we are ec outsourcing uh, and all the information will be on there thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast and we'll see you on the next one